0: You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to Country Chat with Dom with me, Dom. Today I've got an Australian with me who's been living in London for decades now. His name is Kieran Lancini hi kieran
1: hi 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 how you doing thanks I'm, for having me
0: i'm good did i say your surname right then
1: kind of yes yeah, lancini but i've lancini. had lancini lanaki i've had loads but yeah it's, yeah but thanks anyway thanks for having me
0: it's nice to have you on it's i've been listening to your music for the past week now and oh cool it's it's awesome oh my wow wow, wow oh wow, thanks
1: wow. that means a lot thank you so much i mean I've got, what, four single, Well, three singles out there at the moment. Another one's coming, but two of them are from 2002. So a hell of a long time ago. <laughs> but Thanks, dude.
0: One of the things I want to say, and get it out of the way with, is on your single, a matter of time, there's a line in there saying that you taste... T- is it, it tasting the skin?
1: On On my sweet lips, yes. On my
0: sweet lips. <laughs> now...
1: The taste of your sweet skin on my lips. That's, that's the line, yeah.
0: That, when I was listening to it, particularly this morning at um, six o'clock this morning, I just kept thinking, that's either a love thing or it's a Hannibal Lecter thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be a song about cannibalism, I think, yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of time before, you know, just pass me the salt and pepper, please.
0: <laughs> Has anybody ever said that to you? No,
1: actually, no. That's hilarious. No, it was—it was—it's it was, more of a term of endearment and affection and love, I think. Um, yeah. But I love that. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna keep <laughs> that. Put that in the pocket. I love it.
0: So, i be, the name one I've been listening to at the moment—it's called "I Need You."
1: Oh, the new one. So you have an one. advanced copy. Yay. Um,
0: got an advanced copy. I'm 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 lucky in that <laughs> sense. Loves it. What did you think? I love it. I, I've been, I played it to the people I live with here and we've all kind of, we've got all like the same thoughts. Can you remember the song, um, The Reason by Huberstank? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's give me them vibes. It's brilliant. I love it. It's proper nostalgic. and oh, awesome. Well, you're saying that I wrote that song
1: 14 years ago.
0: 14? Um,
1: it's been four, it was sitting in my archive, my songwriting archive for 14 years. Cause after the success of The Reason, the the other single that was released in May this year, I I kind of like was like, what the hell am I going to do now? So I went in and I found it and I was like, I'm going to release this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why not? And I I love it. It, It's one, and my mate who I wrote it with and he lives in Nashville now and is an incredible songwriter and I sort of gave him a bit of a call and I was like, dude, do you remember this song, I Need You? Do you mind if I release? He's like, go for it, mate, go for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this, this one. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really proud of it actually From a songwriting point of view And also from a production point of view um, I'm really, really excited that to, to get it out there I've been sitting on it for a while 14 years in fact
0: <laughs> Why Why have you been sitting on it for so long? I don't know I mean, I had a bit of
1: a break from music So I won a competition called Star Maker um, In Australia Way before there was electricity and running water um, In 2002 <laughs> Such a long time ago And um I had success in Australia, I had a number four and a number seven with the singles and I toured around the country and, um, had, you know, management at Keith Urban's manager for a couple of years at one point And I was, you know, doing it really hard. And then, you know, you get dropped from the label and then all this stuff happens. You kind of lose a little bit of faith in, in the industry and faith in yourself. Yeah. So, um, I just decided to come over to England. I'd never been here before. Uh, just hopped on a plane for a little six-month holiday <laughs> to experience Europe as any kind of 26-year-old male would do at that time. And then, yeah, just, just didn't come back. I ended up staying here and got a job and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and it wasn't until I got a call, Star Maker tracked me down and they were like, Kieran, do you want to come back for the 40th anniversary the, oh, um, wow. show? I was like, okay. So this, they got all the winners back to perform in this kind of big show and terrified, absolutely <laughs> crapping myself because I'd never, I'm not, other than getting, you know, pisses a fart and opening up the wine and singing karaoke in a bar. Yeah. I have not done anything on that kind of stats, like scale before. Uh, so I went back, saw the folks. I hadn't seen my folks for a while, went up to North Queensland where they're from and yeah, it, it was so bizarre. And I I had such a, I was so nervous. I was crapping myself. I, I got off stage after doing the songs and everyone's like, that's amazing. You should keep doing this. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, dip my toe back in and give it a go. And yeah, so this is is me, you know, Mac two (laughs) of a country music career kind of thing. Well into, you know, way past my prime, but you know, it's, it's always been in my soul and always, you know, I've always loved performing and I think about it all the time. So why not? I mean, in this crazy world, who knows what's going to happen with, with, you know, situation we're all living in now. So yeah, just give it a
0: go. Exactly. I'm going to go back to the music in a bit. Mm -hmm. I I want to know, a couple of things what was it that actually got you into music to begin with yes cuz i wasn't really from a musical
1: family um my parents are cane farmers like sugarcane farmers in yeah. north queensland very small town there was like four people in my whole class at school and there was 20 people in the whole school um so i i kind of just and i'm the youngest child so i think i just performed to get attention um, but my grandmother was was the musical one, so she would sing in church, and um, she would encourage me to sing and perform. And and where where I grew up, there was this little kind of a youth performing group called the Maracarets, and Maraca is an Aboriginal word for concert and performing. And um, every year you'd put on shows and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of started doing that, and I didn't really discover country music until I was sixteen. Yeah, very kind of late. Yeah. Um, there was loads of country music festivals in Australia. Uh, my parents, God bless them, would drive me around the country uh, doing all these sort of, t- you know, talent quests and stuff like that. It was so amazing. Such, such a good, like, learning ground for a young kid who, you know, to hone his craft on performing with a band and performing on stage and, you know, getting critiques from judges. It was, it was I, I really hold those kind of days quite close to my chest and I've got some great mates who um, I've met, one of them actually lives in Nashville and she's a songwriter, like number ones with Leanne Rhymes and Faith Hill. And mm. so she, she used to do talent with me. And it's, it's, you know, the people that you meet are, are you know, world class and I, I loved it. And then, yeah, then just kept on doing those well into my 20s. And then when I was 21, I, I applied for Star Maker and got in on the first year. So, yeah, and then also, oh, yeah, before that, in Australia, there's actually a college of country music. Is there? There's, yeah, and I went to it. Um, I think it's called the Academy of Country Music now. So um, Tamworth in Australia is like Nashville. Yeah. So it's this one little town where once a month um, in January it comes to life, and everyone country music lovers all come from all around Australia and head towards Tamworth, where it's just a country music love fest. Yeah. Um, and before the festival there, for a two week period, you. Um, if you're lucky enough, you get to attend the College of Country Music and that's where you have like accredited courses. And I think it's a an accredited, it is an accredited qualification. So I could have it on what? my CV if I want. Yeah. So wow. you learn songwriting, you learn performance, you learn media training, you have mentors who are the um, kind of up like the, the A-list of Australian country talent come in for two weeks and they mentor you. Uh, one in my year, I don't know where you've heard of Casey Chambers, who's an Australian country yes. artist. She was a mentor for us that year that I was there. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's incredible, and the, the industry's so big yet so small in Australia. It still feels like a family because everyone knows each other and. Um, and I think that's what the UK industry, I'm, I'm feeling because I'm kind of very new into this because I'm kind of, you know, baby stepping my way into the unknown over here in terms of the country scene. But from what I get and what I'm feeling, um, uh, it is kind of a very like small family and, and everyone sort of looks out for each other, which is a great thing, which, which I'm really looking forward to.
0: Yeah, it, it's with country music in the UK, it's growing. So it's grown really quickly. It's mm. We've had it for a fair, uh, fair few years now and it's only really in the past say 10 years that it's really like boomed it's brilliant to see
1: and also like the Irish country scene as well like I'm a little bit obsessed with you know your Nathan Nathan Carters and your Derek Ryans and I I love listening to that that kind of music as well where it's kind of you've got the traditional kind of sounds yeah in there yeah so I'm really excited um to to, you know to be part of it in my small way with my you know four songs that I've got
0: (laughs) (laughs) thing is that even though you got four songs it's four brilliant songs now with the Irish music I absolutely love like the 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 kind of fiddly sounds that they bring and it's got mm. it's like unique when you listen to it you know it's Irish
1: yeah and it's the same as Australian country music as well if there's certain like Australian stuff you can listen to and it's automatically got that identity and you can really sort of sense it and I, I love that really yeah, really really like it
0: now the next part I want to go to is. You moved to the UK because you wanted to go on a six-month trip mm-hmm. abroad. What was it that made you, A, decide to choose the UK? You're
1: going to laugh at me. It was a Muppet movie.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was The Great Muppet Caper, the 1981 Muppet film, which is my favourite film of all time. Um Actually, when I had my thirtieth birthday party, I had a screening of that film and a private screening for me and my mates. Really? With low, yeah, it, it's one of my favourite, and that was set in London, where Lady, Lady Holiday gets her jewel stolen, and um, <laughs> that's why I wanted to come to London to see some of the sites where this film was filmed. I I can't believe I just admitted that out loud, <laughs> uh, and it's on a podcast.
0: <laughs> the great thing. That <laughs> so called- Miss Miss
1: Piggy is to blame. Miss Piggy is to blame.
0: In six months' time, this podcast will actually be on the radio as well.
1: <laughs> brilliant.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, what? When you first came to the UK then, what was it that like struck out to you as like, wow, this is brilliant, or the other way, you know, okay, then I'm in this new place and it's a bit dodgy?
1: It took me six months to really find my feet and... Um, because, you know, I'm from North Queensland, we're all friendly and everyone says hello to each other and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's all that kind of thing. Moving to Even moving to Sydney before I moved um, and had my career in Sydney and before moving to London, it, London, it was just a bit of a beast. You know, I didn't really know that many people. I knew one person. I didn't have a job, so I found a job. So it just took me a while to really get into the groove and once I did, I mean, I didn't look back. It was, you know, I love the people, the nightlife, not so fussed on the food, but... <laughs> you know, other than that, it's, it's kind of my home now. I've got a base here and I do miss Australia. I went home for two months when I did the Star Maker uh, show and I took some time off from work and just went to see the folks because mum wasn't quite well. And uh, it was just quite good to get away and reconnect. And yeah, so I do miss it, but not quite sure if I'll move back there just yet. Who knows? You know, who knows? I was planning to go home this year for a little bit as well, but due to you know miss rona i don't think i will be able to or <laughs> yeah. even like kind of next year as well so yeah we'll just see but yeah here's my home for the time being
0: you mentioned food you're not a big fan mm. of it what what foods like really put you off
1: mushrooms they mortally offend and the, the <laughs> devil spawn <laughs> um yeah but i think it's just the stodgy stuff over here as well like Everyone says when you move to England, you put on a stone, you put on that kind of English kind of stone when you first move. And that's true because I just piled on the weight. Um, I, yeah, my diet at that time wasn't wasn't the best. But yeah, as soon as you just kind of, you know, settle in and stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll have a salad instead of that big pie and chips at the pub, but the weather spoon's for five pounds kind of thing.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to say, what's your like go-to meal? I take it to <laughs> pie and chips. Beer and a burger. (laughs) Beer and a burger. What kind of burgers do you like?
1: So I love a fish burger, a battered fish burger. And I find it like it strikes me that no one, I've got to many fish and chip places over here and I say, can I have a fish burger? And they look at me like I've got three heads. So I live in Southeast London and there's a local fishy just down the road and I'm actually trained them now on what a fish burger is and how to make one. And now it's on the menu. So I feel like my time here is done because – I've now actually implemented the fish burger onto Eddie's fish bar.
0: So what's the difference between a fish burger and a fish butty?
1: So fish burger has a piece of battered cod. You've got your lettuce, you've got your tomato, you've got your onion. And the secret ingredient is beetroot. One slice of beetroot and a little bit of mayonnaise. And that, my friends who are listening, it makes the ultimate fish burger. So I implore you to move to or to go to your local fishy and ask for a fish burger.
0: That, I, 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 I'm unsure. <laughs> I'm really unsure. No, <laughs> If I was to get something to do with fish in a sandwich, I'd get a fish butty and I'd either get like mushy peas or curry sauce and drizzle it on top of it and then just have just have that. I've never, yeah, thought, that's to, one- I've never thought to have like lettuce and beetroot. Peter. Oh,
1: it'll change your life. It's God's work. It'll change your life. It's amazing. Oh, you just mentioned curry sauce, which I think, you know, whoever invented that needs a knighthood or something. Again, the most incredible thing. Brilliant.
0: Don't you have anything like curry sauce in Australia? No, no. I've never heard of it. <laughs> the great thing about curry sauce is you can go to, like, farm foods or iceland or like these smaller supermarkets you can actually buy the stuff and make it yourself at home it's brilliant it's like an english staple
1: <laughs> yeah it's brilliant Do i was up in um uh, they're talking about food now i've got to get off this topic soon but <laughs> i um was in county durham so as at a friend's place about three years ago and I don't know if this is a Northern thing, but I think it's the most genius thing as well on the same level as curry sauce. But they had a thing called the London Pizza, which was like a margarita-style pizza, yeah. chicken donna kebab, yeah. chips, and garlic sauce on it. yeah. It was just incredible.
0: You can get that in pretty much every single pizza shop. up <laughs> oh, north. It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's under these oh. different names, but yeah. You can get donna meat on pretty much anything.
1: Oh god! Need to move up north.
0: That's it. That this is where it's at. I mean, I was talking. I know. We was talking just beforehand, and I, I, I'm from Leeds. I live in York, and the closest you've been to like Leeds in York, other than County Durham, is Manchester and Blackpool. Like that's in like dark territory. That that's in Lancashire. And, <laughs> it's not in Lancashire. Yorkshire. I I think I have been to York
1: for Christmas one time, but so I used to um work at Madame Tussauds, the celebrity wax attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And um, part of my job was uh, sort of they called it global external relations, which meant I would approach the celebrities to become wax figures. So I'd write to the agents and managers and stuff. And so I did that globally. So I'd travel around the world doing that. But um, we opened up a Madame Tussauds Blackpool and I spent many, many a times and many a great nights in Blackpool and the North and crew and uh yeah love i love all that area like blackpool is probably one of my favorite places in the uk
0: please tell me that you went to blackpool and you got yourself a fish burger
1: Uh, uh, no because they looked at me and wouldn't make one because i was i'm pretty sure i asked (laughs) uh good the harry Ramsden's there the fish and chips was quite good yes yeah um yeah, that was the but what else was good? The rock, obviously. And Blackpool's got such a great nightlife as well. It has cheap drinks. You've got your karaoke bars. It's just so much fun. So much fun.
0: I mean, there's a weather spoons right underneath Blackpool Tower, so you can't go wrong. Yeah, I've been
1: there, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really fun. You're really embracing UK life. It's brilliant. <laughs> 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 Weatherspoons, fish and chips and <laughs> Burgers at a pub. Pies at yeah.
1: a pub. Oh my I've got a friend who always jokes because um I love a slug and lettuce pub. I just mm-hmm. love it. And every time she suggests, she suggests, let's go out for a drink. She's suggesting like the ivy and like, you know, the the strand and some of these lovely wine bars. I'm like, I just prefer to go to a slug and lettuce. I mean, literally, like yeah. that's my that's my
0: kind of jam. <laughs> See, slug and lettuce up here is almost like the posh man's weather spoons. We go to Weatherspoons first. And if we had a lot of money left over, we'd go to Slug and Lettuce. Slug and Lettuce do amazing. Espresso martinis.
1: They're good, they're do good cocktails,
0: yeah. Really good. It's just so expensive. <laughs> I mean, that that's come from a northerner. <laughs> Everything okay. up here is a lot cheaper as well than down south. Yeah. I now,
1: know. like I've just noticed just due to Corona and stuff, like groceries, go do any grocery shopping is so expensive now like
0: it's, it's frustrating.
1: frustrating it's really annoying because like where are the two for ones where's the specials so, yeah
0: you, you go to do a shop, and either it's expensive or there's nothing there you just can't yeah. win i think we should go back to the music yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like we should last last <laughs> last question i want to ask then before we go to music is you've mentioned going to like pubs and weather spoons and slugging lettuces and you mentioned cocktails what's like your go-to drink now here
1: So I used
0: to uh,
1: do beer and then I was like, I'm not going to fit in my clothes anymore. But then it was red wine and I'm like, I'm really not going to fit into my clothes anymore. So I've now adopted vodka um, as my main choice of tipple. So it's kind of a vodka and a diet Coke or um, vodka and orange juice. But, it's normal, yeah. Just it's it's more vodka-based drinks now. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Is that fresh orange?
1: Yeah. Or what concentrate, whatever's like
0: <laughs> whatever's
1: whatever that. goes down easily. <laughs> Depends how many
0: you've had. Exactly. <laughs> Last time I but had- I'm
1: finding the the older I get, I can't drink anymore.
0: Hey, the hangovers are just horrendous. Well awful. Th- I've I've noticed ever since I've been stuck in DARS. Drinking now, I suffer really bad with hangovers. Whereas before I could just drink and drink and drink. Being stuck inside and being like cabin fevered in, I can't handle it anymore. I don't know why. Yeah,
1: yeah I went through a um because I had a bit of a panic attack. When was it? A couple of months ago. Um and I never suffered one before. And I was like, oh, so I, I thought I was, you know, gonna cross over and part, you know, thought I was passing away. And um the ambulance came and they did checked and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And and, that was, and he was like, you know, the best thing to do is, like, I'd rather, you know, you can go to hospital, but this was in the height of the corona stuff in London. He's like, the best thing to do is just crack open a bottle of wine and watch a film. So I did, that's what the ambulance guy said to me, and I did that for three months. So I was like having a bottle of wine a night. So it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yeah. I'm just looking at myself now and thinking, mom, just, yeah, I need to seriously have some dust for dinner. so I can lose some of this COVID coat.
0: I was watching a video earlier. I was watching a video earlier and the comedian said the best way to test the end COVID is to get yourself a nice bottle of wine, (laughs) pour it into a glass, sniff it, and then drink it. If you could smell and taste it, the chance of you having corona is very, very low. And then if just to be sure, because you know the first test may not work, pour yourself another. And then another. Amazing. And then another. I think he had like 47 glasses of wine. I love that. It's... I love it. Music. 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 So, going back to 1922, <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned how you got into music.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was it that, what was like the first kind of things that you did? did have, do, you, do you know how to play instruments? Just that.
1: See, I know how to play C, G, D, and E on a guitar. Yeah. However, I, when I was young, I played piano a lot. But I mean, that's I, that's one of the shortcomings, I think, for me, is not been able to accompany myself. And like, I know with country songs, C, G, D, and E, you, you should be totally fine. Yeah. But for me, I, I don't know. I must have just too much hands and eye coordination. Like, I can belt something <laughs> out, but it doesn't sound you know, worthy enough to be put out in front of an audience kind of thing. So that's something that I really want to work on next year. It's going to be my two two 2021 kind of life goal is I need to be able to play a song in its entirety featuring an F and a B. Yeah.
0: In, in,
1: yeah, on, on the chord chart. So, um, yeah. But mum, my mum was quite musical in terms of she played piano and my grandmother played mandolin and my other grandmother played um, violin, so
0: why didn't you kind have of... like a family band?
1: <laughs> no, God, no, we will kill each other. <laughs> no.
0: So, going from that, then going to Star Maker. Hmm. What was it? How how did you apply to that? You know, because you say you got onto it the first the first time.
1: Yeah. How- so, Starmaker is if you if you're a serious up and coming artist and you want a career in country music in Australia, Star Maker is the platform that everyone kind of applies to go on because you automatically, um, even if you're a finalist, you automatically get into the front of the industry and you kind of have to, you kind of bypass certain steps. So it was kind of, you know, uh, something that I've always had my my sights on because star maker winners um, in Australia have gone on Keith, like Keith Urban was one of them. uh, Gina Jeffries, Lee Kernighan, Uh, So all these kind of massive Australian country artists have all been previous winners. Yeah. And the process was um, you would basically send, at that time, it's all changed now, but when when I did it, you would send in uh, two songs and you'd send in the application form and then you'd send in two references from someone in the industry who would vouch for your kind of, you know, I vouch for him to be as part of a Star Maker Select. Yeah. And they select 20 of us who then perform on this massive show and then they then they whittle you down and you, then there's ten and then you perform again and then you have to have an interview and then you have the big kind of grand final um, where they select the winner and the prize was a recording contract with ABC music and Universal Music a car so you became a tourist celebrity <laughs> uh, tour around the country Um a front cover spread in Country Capital News, which was a uh, publication, still is in Australia. Yeah, uh, a column and stuff, and yeah, it kind of got you um, into you know into people's into the industry's mind, and it, it was such an incredible thing, and uh, something I really look fondly back because before that, I, from as I mentioned, very small cane farming town, I moved to Sydney, and for and I was three months in Sydney, and then I won Star Maker, so I was kind of so new. I remember my mother, when I moved to university saying this, you know, this is a traffic light, never seen one. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of like, it's just very bizarre for me. And I I grew up so much in in, in that time as well. And um, it was just a whirlwind. And I got to work with, on those two singles, um, with one of the most incredible people like Herm Kovac, who produced the Starmaker Um, tracks was in a band that released the song jump in my car I want to take you yeah what the name of the band was and um, it was written by Rod McCormack who's just been nominated for a Grammy this just came out that it's just this she's been nominated for a Grammy and then there was uh, I wrote that with Rick Price who was a massive pop star in um, Australia as well so it's it was just for me just so surreal sitting around a table with these guys writing and being in a studio and it's just something that dreams were made of and probably something at that time I wasn't prepared for, but I was faking it till I made it kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Now Star Maker itself, is that like, can you perform your own originals on Star Maker or is it like predominantly covers or is it just whatever you want? You can,
1: you can do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. At that point I had yet to do three songs. I did one original that I wrote at the college a year before the college of country music. Yeah. And I did a cover of Vince Gill when I call your name, and a cover of Shane McNally's "Say Anything," I think yeah. those are the songs I did. Um, yeah. It, oh God, just bring back memories of it. I, I think I've had the VHS because that's how long ago it was. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in my flat, uh, I need to get it converted to um to DVD or something so I can watch it again.
0: Hey, can't beat VHS. Oh, oh proper video. That is nostalgic.
1: It is nostalgic. I'm, I'm also a cassette collector as well. Are you? I also love cassette,
0: uh, collecting my cassettes, yeah. What's your, like, your most prized cassette you've got?
1: Ooh. Oh, what ones have I got? It's probably this, this, the Star Maker cassette, which I wasn't on because when I won it, they're onto <laughs> CDs. But I think it's the Tenya Tucker cassette with two sparrows and a hurricane because that's one of my fa- other favorite country songs really and i've got yeah i love that song and um it's that cassette because i was looking far and wide for that for that cassette and there's a colin ray cassette that i've got as well which is one of my prize ones because i love colin ray
0: so with the 40th star maker anniversary you all kind of you all went there and performed was keith urban mm-hmm. there with you
1: he was there the day before. He did a concert the day before and couldn't make the main show, um, but did like a I think he did like a VT or something. I think, yeah.
0: It's just not the same. Um, How dare he?
1: <laughs> but it was so it was so good just seeing everyone because you know I just thought people wouldn't give a rat's fat about me kind of thing. It was just yeah, really. Yeah, like, <laughs> I did not It was just because you know I, I I sort of had some minor success and then kind of disappeared from view from everyone for like eighteen years. And um, everyone was so welcoming and so lovely, and um, it was just quite good to go back and, and see everyone and see, you know, the, the the crew, and not you know nothing changed. It was like I just saw them yesterday, kind of thing. And um, yeah, it was very very special, very special indeed. Yeah.
0: So what was it, you know, in particular that made you think, you know, what let let us do it. Let's let us let us just jump back, jump straight back into the, you know, the ropey waters of music.
1: Yeah, because I got back and I was just like, that was really, really fun. So I, I flew back to London immediately after the Star Maker show and I was talking to my mate and he's like, well, why don't you put on a show in London just to just do it? And I was like, okay. So we um, rented out the Phoenix Arts Centre, Phoenix Arts Theatre in London in the West End and um, I sold that out. It was, an, it was like 130 seats uh, yeah. show and we sold that out. I was wow. like, this is not a- okay, this is incredible. Like I was, I sung my originals, which, and then I sung sort of some, some old sixties country songs. So I did, um, and then some Neil Sedaka stuff thrown in. So, and I was like, well, maybe I might want to record something. And my really good friend who I wrote all because of you, my second star maker single with Tamara Stewart. Um, she was in the UK and um, doing a tour for her album, the truth, and music in me. Yeah. And she was staying with me uh, for a few days and, We opened up the red wine and, you know, got a bit pissed. And (laughs) I told her this story um, that my grandma, my auntie told me. So my grandparents, my great-grandparents were from Aberfeldy in Scotland. Yeah. And they flipped a coin where heads that moved to Australia and tails that moved to Canada. Okay. So luckily heads won, otherwise I wouldn't (laughs) be here kind of thing. And I was telling her this story and we wrote the reason, just sitting there now on our second bottle of wine, um in about 40 minutes and then I was and she was going to back to Nashville to record this other project she was doing and in the back of my mind I'm like maybe I should just get her to produce it for me and she's already got the studio there she's got the musicians all Nashville musicians why don't I just do it? so I've just I messaged her and said do you mind if I just pay you one day if you can just use your musicians that you're doing on your project and lay down the the reason, and I'll get the vocals done in the UK. She's like, sure, no problems, and that's how the reason came. And then I went to Sheffield and did the vocals in Sheffield. Yeah. So um, kind I of see. How like is Yorkshire then?
0: Is it Sheffield in York? Is, York, is that yeah? Yorkshire is. Yorkshire. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no idea. Just get the train, here and I have no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So yeah, I went to um, Fox Den Studios in Sheffield. again, lovely place, good food and um, yeah, and that's how the reason came about and I released that and yeah it just went, it went to number two in the iTunes charts. It, it ch- charted in Australia went to number 15 I think or it was just yeah, it was so unexpected and um, this led to me putting out this this new song that the, the I need you and uh, I just shot the video for it on Saturday. Yeah. So that will be coming out in in conjunction to to the release on the twenty third. So yeah, fun, I can't wait. I really can't wait for it.
0: Can I ask how much how much does it cost for a studio in Nashville for one day?
1: Oh God, I don't know. I think I got good mates rates from her because I had <laughs> like the guy that played on, with Garth Brooks and steel guitar, and like oh, wow. these amazing musicians on this this track. God, I think I might have paid her seven hundred. Pounds or seven hundred dollars? Pounds? I can't remember. I have to check my books. But
0: it was seven hundred, and that's back in two thousand two. No, this was oh, this now. Is, yeah. This is the
1: yeah. This was um the reason which was just released. Yes, yes. yes. I don't know how much my Star Maker singles cost because that was all part of the prize. I think.
0: I don't know. That's crazy. That's yeah. It's crazy how much it costs for you know just one day's worth. I don't know. It's all you know musician fees and. Yeah. And that
1: was studio and that was also mastering as well. And so that was kind of, yeah, that was all the whole thing. Um, yeah.
0: That's crazy. That's sending over the vocals. What was it like getting behind the mic again and laying down the vocals and then sending it off and then hearing, you know, everything put together again for the first time since 2002.
1: So, so exciting. Just being back in the studio again, laying down an original song because uh, I love writing, always have. Um, it, it, it's just a, it's a thrill. It's so, it's so exciting. Um, and it, it just felt right. It felt right. I felt like I, I needed to be at that place at that time doing it. And you know I think you just, got to do it for your soul regardless of chart positions or all that kind of stuff, which is so irrelevant. You need to do it for you. And, um, and yeah, I think I just, I, I did the reason for my mom and my mom alone. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's it. Um, yeah. Isn't it's it, such a personal song.
0: Isn't it crazy how people's lives can just be dictated by a flip of a coin? Like, Mm. you ne- you just never know what could have happened or you know it's always one of those cases you know if they did go to Canada, you may have still been around you never know you, yeah and it's you think, it's all
1: funny because I it's all very strange as well where you I, I listen to your podcast with Carl Elliott and you know if him sitting next to Rachel it, it, that wouldn't have happened like it's all that kind of moment and for me I think my journey over here led to a chance meeting with one of the people from my label ABC Music in Australia her flatmate was uh called Kirsty and her father was a music manager he used to work with Miles Copeland and the Bangles and all that stuff Yeah and I contacted him and I ended up staying in his place in London if it wasn't for that Root, I don't think I would have been here. I would have just probably stayed in Sydney even though I did love the Muppets. I would have just come for a holiday <laughs> if I didn't have a place to live and and a base kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's also very strange how the people that you meet lead you to where you need to be. And um, and I think another person that's really close to my my heart and my life is Tamara Stewart who, who I wrote these songs with. Um, we, we were we real close and then we kind of drifted away and then and now we're back in contact again, and it's it's so strange where people come in and out of your life, and you kind of know it's meant to be, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. What? Why was? What was the reason why Tamara came? You know, came back into the mix again. What? What was it that really sparked uh, that again?
1: I went to. I was. I used to go to Nashville a lot for work. Um, I was opening up a Madame Tussauds attraction there. We have a, there was a Madame Tussauds Nashville there. Is there? And. Yeah, yeah, with all oh, wow. the kind of like Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and Trisha Yearwood. And I was flying over for a Trisha Yearwood um, meeting and uh, I sort of said to my I had a day off and I said to Samara, Do you just want to go, you know, I'm in town. I would love to see you. I've not seen you for like 14 years or so. And she's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. We went to the Cheesecake Factory, met up, and ever since then it was just, yeah, I, I talk to her all the time.
0: That's crazy. That's like you say, you know, it's it's that whole fate thing. It's the whole sliding doors and yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the film Sliding Doors or like Butterfly Effect.
1: I've seen Sliding Doors and I think I've seen Butterfly Effect, but when it first came out, yeah. And there's like a couple. There's like a couple of sequels, right?
0: Yeah. Well, for those that haven't seen it, the whole premise is <clears throat> with sliding doors. She's going down to catch a train on a subway, and. Basically, what she's got to do is she, in one scenario, she gets mugged. And when she gets mugged, she misses the train. When she gets onto the train, she, there's like two different scenarios, but then they all like circle back on each other. Yeah, it's it's a film definitely worth watching, Sliding Doors. And it kind of yeah. just shows that the slightest little thing that happens can make you miss that train or make you miss that flight. Yeah. What, what was the reason why you didn't end up? Cause you said you were going to be here for six months.
1: Yeah. I just ended up staying. I missed my flight home. I just knew that I I needed to stay here. Yeah. If that makes sense. I kind of listened to my gut and I just don't, I I thought about it really long and hard. And I was like, if I go home, there's a very strong chance that I'll end up, you know, working with my father on the farm in North Queensland. And is that, the life I want—I don't, you know. I, at that point, it wasn't. I still needed to explore, and I still needed to, you know, just to, to be my own person and not, not, not my own person. But just to be over here, just doing something completely and utterly different. And I think the excitement of, you know, being so close to Europe and the possibilities of opportunity here, then more so than what would have been in North Queensland in my country, Halifax, uh, where I grew up. That's probably what made me stay. Um, and it's a decision that I, I don't regret. Sometimes I, I really do miss home. Um, but it, it's something that, you know, I stand, you know, stand by my decision. And it, I've had such a great and very lucky and fortunate um, in, in my time here in London. I've you know worked for great companies. I'm working for another great company now and kind of a contract freelance kind of thing and I'm doing what I like and my music and yeah and I've got a place and I've been very very fortunate very very lucky
0: what what is it that you do now you say freelance
1: yes so I um I kind of do marketing uh communications freelance stuff so working with the streaming platform at the moment on artist marketing campaigns podcast campaigns brand initiatives I'm um, doing some pro bono work for a kids entertainment company. Um, I'm also writing a book. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of doing the single release as well. So I've got a lot <laughs> of stuff going on at the moment. So uh, it's, it's good. It keeps me occupied and uh, um, keeps me kind of yeah, sane with all this <laughs> insanity that's going on with my with, with everything. But it's good.
0: Plus it pays the bills, apart from the pro bono stuff. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how do you come to that decision to give somebody a pro bono service
1: um it was just uh, i i liked the 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 concept of the business and i liked where it could go um so hopefully you know once it gets up in ground, it's, it's a startup so um if it gets up on the ground hopefully then there will be more kind of you know paid stuff but at the moment i'm having a lot of fun just laying the foundation work on strategy and brand initiatives and um it's it's music as well there's a music it's got a music sort of element to it so um yeah and it's kind of like kids edutainment so it's um it's 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 interesting and fun
0: that does sound interesting Mm. I want to go back to 2002 now then I want to go back to a matter of time Uh we kind of briefly brushed over you know a certain phrase in there um what what were like the ideas behind a moment in time and it's all because of you you know were those like written within the same time period, or?
1: I think "All Because of You" was written first, and that was a, me and Tamara Stewart singing in a hotel room. We wrote two songs that day, and "All Because of You" um, was the better one. That song was as, as written as a love letter to my parents, as a thank you. So um, uh, that yeah, that was for them, and I think a matter of time was written. I think a couple of weeks after, cause I had a certain time period where I had to get the songs out and the label wanted me to do a cover, um, song. And I was just like, I don't, I, I got sent all these, these songs and I kind of didn't feel, I, I, I wanted to do something of my own. Yeah. And, um, I think at that time, uh, it was quite, they're like, what, this kid's not like written anything other than a couple of songs at the college of country music. And he wants to write his own, they're like, "Oh, whatever kind of thing. So they let me do it, which is amazing. And, um, they were really pleased with both how a matter of time and all because of you came out so much in fact that they wanted to release all because of you first, but I wanted to do the matter of time first, because it's much more upbeat um, song. So who would have known if if they released all, uh, all because of you first, but they both did quite well. Um, but the process was really quite gr- great. I mean, I went to Rick Price's house uh, to, to write a matter of time and then, uh it was very it was very these seem to be very quick processes i mean all because of you was written in about 40 minutes i think and then uh, a matter of time was about an hour and a half i think yeah. we, we knocked that one out and um the reason was 40 minutes and i think i i need you the new the track that I, we, phil and i wrote 16 years ago was written in like 25 minutes so they're all <laughs> very very quick kind of songs but um
0: you, you know like exactly they work them. you just like to <laughs> hold on to them
1: yeah, exactly. they have written quick, but I hold on to them for years and years and years.
0: How many songs are you holding on to?
1: I've got about 45. Um, the majority are written by Phil and I, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, we he, like before he moved to Nashville, Phil and I, we used to meet every day. We'd write two songs. We'd go to the movies. We'd have something to eat. And then, you know, we'd just write another song. It was it was basically my life. And Then I'd go to work and he'd go to work and all this kind of stuff. So we would just knock out songs and songs and songs and write and write and write. Um, And now he's had like number one hits over in Nashville and he's written with Bobby Bones and all these kind of guys. And so like, he's he's amazing. So yeah, I've got a whole kind of plethora of um, archive. I just need to record them. And, you know, some aren't, the most groundbreaking songs I don't yeah. think, but you know, um, but yeah, some on there are actual corkers and I'd love to get them out one day and, and to, to record a, maybe a proper EP um, one of these days, but yeah, we'll see.
0: Even if you don't record them, at least you've got a way into Bobby Burns and the Raging Idiots to kind of get them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phil wrote the, um, I don't know whether you know this song, the Lee Bryce number one hit, A uh, Woman Like You. Yes. He wrote that, um, that was his first number one. Um, and he's also written for like Sarah Evans and Dustin Lynch and, uh, yeah, he's loads. Yeah. He's, um, awesome, awesome guy. One of my good friends. Yeah.
0: And did you meet him through Stamik or was it?
1: Yeah. I met him through Greg Shaw. Um, the, the manager I had back in Australia, he's like, you need to write with this guy. I was like, sure. And he happened to live near me at the time. So I just drove down to his place and, um, yeah, we just sat down and we wrote uh, the first song together. And, you know, it's kind of – it's strange when you sit down and write with someone you don't know kind of thing. You kind of get – you know, trying of find your way and, you know, and that thing. but with him it was completely and utterly easy. We just got on so well. And then, you know, he toured around with me. He came and he was my guitarist and we'd do these massive shows together. And, um, yeah, we went to Tamworth loads of times. And, yeah, it's kind of like a brother from another mother.
0: That's awesome. yeah. So when is I Need You coming out?
1: So I Need You is going to be available for pre-order on the 9th of October, and then you can listen to it on all good streaming platforms on the 23rd of October. Hopefully the the film clip uh, will be out as well at that time. So, um, yeah, I'm excited because this is the first kind of proper film clip I've, I've done. I did one for All Because of You, which never got seen, but... Uh, this one is the kind of, I'm really excited about this. Even though I'm only in it for a split second, I play a security guard at the very beginning. Really? Um, yeah, I, d- I don't like the cover art and the video I'm not in. So I'm not on the cover art. I'm not in the video. I didn't want to be on it because I I don't want to be, not, I'm very proud of this song, but I think I don't want to be associated, if that makes sense. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want it to live out there without me being on it. Does that,
0: does that does that make sense? Yeah, that it yeah, it does. I mean, your cover art on, you know, your previous singles, you know, the reason a matter of time and it's all because of you. You know, it has yeah. got a you know, a almost a portrait y pose, you know, a posing picture of you. Whereas yeah, you know, I need you, it has can I tell them the cover art now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's
0: fine. Uh it's like a blue orb or like a blue sun in the background with like loads of stars or something radiating off it and then like a silhouette of a man it could be a man yeah it's so just <laughs> it could it, be it a could man be, it could
1: woman. be yeah it's just a silhouette of 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 someone just walking towards or towards the orb or back from the orb so yeah
0: <laughs> and I, I love how the position of the head you know is the o in you as well it's i love how it all yeah. incorporates it's the great thing with music as well is you know music is a form of art but then the cover art, you know, it's cover art, and to me, yeah. that's it's very, it's, it's lovely. It's I love it. I, thank um, you, thank
1: you, thank smart. you. And the film clip is, is, it's going to be quite special because um, it's it's it, it's basically a dance. It's um, mannequins coming to life in a store after the lights go off, dancing, not being able to touch, um, and it's really. Powerful. i mean when i first saw the choreography i just burst into tears i didn't expect it it was so so lovely and so so nice and yeah it it's i'm really excited about this it's um yeah I don't, hopefully it comes out great but the team who worked on it i'm um, you know have utter faith in and they're just done they're like short filmmakers and the latest one my other suit is human has been nominated for all these international film festivals and um i'm very excited
0: about it i can't wait When you was writing, I need you, did you just have like a pen and paper? And was you like throwing each, you know, ideas to each other? Like, so what does the, um, what does a desert need? What does a sea need? (laughs) It's a boat. (laughs) Is that, is
1: that what you're just doing? Like just pretty much, pretty much. It it started with the melody, I believe on this one first. Um, and yeah, and then we just sort of you know back and forth on the lyrics and and coming you know the the song is all about kind of love and that you know the world is getting in the way and I'm so sorry I've not thought of you but I need you kind of thing. So it can either be you know a person or it can either be something. It's it's it, I think it's yeah it's all about that kind of forgetting and everything coming too quickly and you're like hold on take a step back. I actually need you. I need this. I need so. It, it, it could be anything really.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I when I first listened to it, the first like images of that come to mind is just that needing somebody that makes you complete. Like as if you're you see you see these images of like people with like a puzzle piece missing around like the heart, and then that's mm-hmm. like the missing puzzle piece and like yin and yang, you know, you can't have one without yeah. the other. That that's that's a whole like vibey thing i get from it it should
1: have had that for the cover art i like that the missing puzzle piece that's great it's
0: so it it is a beautiful song it's
1: thank you mate i really appreciate it thank you it's so it's so straight like it's when you put something out there that's so personal it you can't you kind of feel a little bit kind of guarded and but then you know as soon as it's out there it's no longer mine that makes sense it's out there for everyone to enjoy and i think that's why I didn't want to be on the artwork and I didn't want to be necessarily in the video. It's just that I want it to live on its own. I mean, I, my voice is the vehicle that hopefully would bring it to people, but um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm very proud of it and can't wait.
0: I mean, that, that's one thing I always commend artists for is being that vehicle for people to attach their emotions to. It's, it's a great way of, you know, expressing that emotion and, Sometimes it's like like the you know a goes you know an image speaks a thousand words, Well, so mm-hmm. does music. And you know, no matter how you're feeling, you can always relate to something. You know, whether it's yeah. happy, sad, angry, whatever emotion it is. There's always going to be a point in time where you listen to a song and you think, "That's how I feel right now." And I can I can just picture everybody listening to Annie Jew and thinking, "Yeah." There's that special
1: someone. Oh, well, hopefully, yeah. I'm just—I can't wait. I've been—it's been sitting on this version you now for so long, and um... just the just a bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over that.
1: <laughs> Fourteen whole years.
0: Fourteen yeah, years. Nuts. How how do you even like remember that there's this song? You know, I need. I need you. And then you think 14 years later, Oh, hang on. I've got a song there. I could, oh, yeah,
1: put I've got out. a song that I can like re-release and re-record. Like, yeah, it's I, I, thankfully my mum didn't throw anything out. Cause when I was home, um, she's like, just go through your cupboards, like toss out anything you don't want. I found all these old CDs and I'm like, ah, okay, I'll take those back with me. And then that's where I found all these old, um, Phil and my songs. And yeah, it was just one that immediately, jumped out and I was just like, this is going to be my next release. Yeah. Uh, I need to make this happen. I need to make this happen before the end of the year. So yeah, I'm really quite, quite thrilled and how, yeah. So I can't wait for people to listen to it. So download it on, on on Friday when there's pre, -pre pre-sale and then on the 23rd, make sure you guys get get a listen.
0: And let me know what you think. I'll be sharing everything anyhow when it does come, you know, time to come to do the pre-sale pre-orders. I'll be sharing like crazy because it's such, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. It's, like I say, it gives me the nostalgic Uber Stank vibe. It's brilliant. <laughs> not saying it is the same, but it's it's like that when I first listened to it, it was like, hang on, this beat is just really it's something, and then it, it hooks you in.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And not many people have I've not played it to that many people, actually. Uh, my friends or anything like that. So um it means the world that you that you're digging it. Thank you.
0: Now, when you was actually writing music 1,400 years ago, <laughs> how how did you actually, like, you say that your mum was, like, clearing out the room. How did you, like, record everything down? Was it written notes or was it?
1: Uh, yeah, there was a notepad. There was a notepad, and this is before iPhones where you could just, you know, record on your notes and all that kind of stuff so yeah um with with phil phil had a uh, home studio so a lot of that stuff was actually on sort of used to pro logic tools and all that kind of stuff so that was all sort of rough 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 demos yeah uh, but a lot of the other stuff was just written with you know chords on a on, on a sheet uh for the other songs as well but um yeah so yeah, but always with every time I write with someone, I have to write with someone who knows how to play a proper guitar and knows how to play a B and an F. <laughs> Otherwise, the <could, laughs> song's going to be quite simple. But um, if, there, if there was just me playing guitar, but uh, yeah, I'd love to do more songwriting over here. I would really love to, um, you know, meet other artists over here and just, you know, have another crack at, at writing with someone. It's been been a long time between drinks for me on that kind of um, front, but yeah.
0: Have you got any people in mind that you want to do a co-write with?
1: Oh, God, no. Um, I'd like to go over to Ireland and write with a few of those guys. Um, Yeah. And I'd like to um, write with this year's Star Maker winner, Sammy White, who is brilliant. Uh, She's going to go a long way. So uh, we did an interview with each other for the Star Maker Um, social media. Uh, We'd never met before, but we had a sort of on-camera FaceTime kind of thing. And she would be one of the people I'd like to write with as well.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Getting towards the end of the show. Ah. I haven't asked the question yet. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what's been happening today is I messaged Kieran. Basically, just we were just setting this up, making sure we got the timings and how we're going to do it right. And then I gave it about, was it half an hour, hour? And then I asked him if he's celiac, basically, can he eat gluten? And it kind of went into a, well, I want you to go buy some Jaffa cakes if you haven't even, if you haven't eaten them yet. But what was your response? I need to pull this up.
1: I think I said, I love Jaffa cakes. Like literally, they're they're amazing. They're God's work. They're on par with fish burgers.
0: This is exactly how the conversation went. I said, I need you to do me a favour before we chat tonight. You put, sure thing. I put, you're not celiac, are you? You put, no, I'm not celiac. I put, have you heard of Jaffa Cakes before? Like, obviously. And then you put, love Jaffa Cakes. And I just put, fantastic. Gives us something to talk about. Jaffa Cakes.
1: (laughs) Those little mini Jaffa cakes are amazing as well. I
0: had some, some earlier.
1: Oh, the twin pack.
0: God. I normally get, get like the triple pack, but I could only get a twin pack.
1: I, I normally don't really like marmalade, or mar, like I, but I only eat marmalade when they're covered in chocolate and on a little spongy <laughs> little base for, from a Jaffa base because they're the only thing I'll eat it on. God's work. Incredible.
0: Jaffa cake. Is it a cake or is it a biscuit?
1: I think it's a biscuit
0: You think it's a biscuit?
1: Yep. Yeah. Why? Because it's in the shape of a biscuit And it's thin Because you know Okay If it was crunch If Okay From this Because you can get soft biscuits now You can get kind of Gooey biscuits uh, You can get hard biscuits I think this is a biscuit I'm probably going to get hate mail, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, from me <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just me <laughs> I'm going to text you every, other, every half an hour now saying it's not a biscuit. It's a cake. <laughs> see, I, Have I, you still, had a tap- I still firmly believe it's a cake. I still think, you know, cause it's sponge, it's, it's a layered sponge. So you got sponge, you got what would be like the middle. And then you got like a chocolate top.
1: Mm, see, if I, for a cake, for me, there needs to be depth. There needs to be. Sort of, there needs to be substantial depth in a cake in order to be clarified as a cake. Because if, like, if not, it'll be a brownie, or a brownie is, is more kind of dense, isn't it? I'm talking so would about you brownies. Call,
0: I might make some brownies tonight. Would you call a brownie a biscuit or a cake?
1: It's a brownie. It's neither. Right? I don't know. I'm questioning my <laughs> life choices now. <laughs> Have you ever tried a Tim
0: Tam? Like an Australian Tim Tam? No, I've never heard of
1: it. Basically, it's like a penguin, but way more inferior. Uh, Superior Superior. than a penguin. Superior.
0: A Tim Tam. Where can we get get these on Amazon?
1: I think you might be able to. Or there's this, uh, because I remember I had a real hankering for Australian food, and there's this website that you can go on to order all these amazing, like, strange sweets, lollies, which is what we call, like gummy sweets but i know over here it's like a that is Tim. that's tim tams you got the double chocolate right is that the double coated double coat yes oh
0: my goodness. seven pound 95 pence
1: worth every single bit of cash for that because literally it's oh, they that that is a biscuit that's that a is a biscuit
0: see it says pack of two but is that a pack of two like fingers or is it or, like biscuits in a bag or is it
1: Pack. So pack of two, that means you would have two packs. So I think there's pa- I think there's like 12 biscuits in a pack, so you get 24.
0: Ah, okay, I get it now. Okay. Ah, that's oh, I'm gonna have to.
1: But they also do caramel, they also do white chocolate, they also do like uh orange chocolate, they do raspberry or strawberry, I think. Amazing.
0: I think I'm gonna have to invest in a lot of tins.
1: <laughs> ah, and what you do is you get either a coffee or a tea, you bite off the end of one. Yeah. Then you bought off the other end and then you suck your coffee or your tea or your cold Milo through the tin-tam and then it just becomes this gooey, crumbly, just explosion. It was just amazing.
0: I don't know if you, like, heard it then, but my throat was just, like, purring at the thought of it. (laughs)
1: You know how people like... This has been salary. so much fun. I've had so much fun. i love talking about food. If we were talking about horror films, I would be in my element as well because I'm a, I'm a lover of horror films as well.
0: Well, I did kind of like drop a little sprinkling early with the Hannibal Lecter <laughs> sounds <laughs> of alarms. Now, two things with that. You can do that with a penguin, bite off both mm-hmm. ends and then suck it through. I can imagine it's better with Tim Tamzo. Second thing, what is a Milo?
1: So Milo is a malted granulated drink that you put either with cold water or hot milk or cold milk. So it's kind of like a... Horlicks or novel Kind tea. of, yeah, or a Bovril, but it's sweet. Bovril's it's gravy. Kind of, it's just, oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it? But, but people drink it as like a tea, don't they? Bovril's like a... Yeah, it's like a cup of gravy. That you can drink, keeps you warm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, this is like what you would do, but it's, this is sweet <laughs> and it's like either cold or hot, depending on your kind of mood. So it's, yeah. again, incredible. Milo.
0: Milo. So Milo and Tim Tams. I'm actually going to... Yes. Just a pen Write it paper. down. <laughs> just so I don't forget. I look at this in two years' time and think, what's a Milo? What's a Tim Tams?
1: <laughs> that weird Australian guy moved from the because of the Muppets told me this thing on the...
0: <laughs> Coming to the UK, we've got a lot of, like, theatre and we've got a lot of stuff in London. Have you had the chance to go and see a, you know, a theatre, a show? Yeah,
1: I, I've seen Phantom. um I've seen Book of Mormon, uh, which is amazing. That's uh, kind of, uh, what else have I seen? Maybe Les is, I think. Yeah, I don't really, because this is so expensive. The tickets there are just, well, when it was open, so expensive. Um, but yeah, What's I'd it, like, like to see more of it.
0: Now, you said that you live in South East London. Yes. What's it like moving from Australia, saying hi to everybody, to then moving to London, where everybody either wants to run past you because they're late for work <laughs> or just don't give you time a day?
1: It, it, so it, it took me a while um it took me a while to adjust and like because everyone's like hey you're right like you're right you're all right and when I first heard that I was just like why why what's wrong with me it kind of the way it was said <laughs> is a question I was like what oh, yes why well, it was in my most like it was it really put me off um yeah it, it, but I'm used to it now like I still I'm, I mean I live on a floor of four flats and I never talk to my neighbors so I think I'm now a proper Londoner right <laughs> it's like my parents can't get over that I'm not friendly with my neighbours. I say hello, but I've never been over and I've never had a cup of bovril, um, kind of thing.
0: So Bov- bovril's a great thing when you go to races or when you go to a football game. Oh, really? So yeah, it's. I, I used. Can you to, put alcohol in it? No, I wish that would be interesting. Try it. Let me know what it's like. <laughs> okay. Do, do a live stream. Do a live stream of it, <laughs> try it. I want to see the reaction.
1: Yeah, maybe some red wine and some Bovril. Maybe I might try that.
0: Well, that'd be almost like having a like a beef dinner kind of thing. You know where you cook? Yeah, it'd be like you know. dripping, like beef dripping. How, how have you found like Sunday lunches here?
1: Oh, amazing. Because, um, uh, yeah, I love, I love a Sunday lunch. I, I, I stopped eating meat for a while. Yeah. Just because I wanted to look after my health a little bit, but
0: you was stupid mistake. You was enjoying the fish yeah.
1: <laughs> just Totally. Um, but I need to get back on to meat before Christmas because I don't want to miss out on the hams and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I love a, a roast, the Yorkshire puddings, uh, those parsnips. I never had a parsnip until I moved to this country, uh, but they're real special. Sunday yeah. roasts, real special. But... You've got to know where to go because a lot of the pubs and stuff serve kind of mediocre ones. But if you find one, it's one. There's a pub that you always seem to go on on a Sunday.
0: You see, if you made friends with your neighbours, I'm sure there'd be a neighbour that could homemade homemade roasts are always better, always better than pub ones. Always. Really? See,
1: I'm, it's too much washing up for me. You've got too many pans. There's too much too much involved.
0: See, it's I'd rather all right. just go
1: and then someone can make it
0: for me. Exactly. It's alright when you go to like a neighbour's and then you just say, all right, then bye. Thanks for that. So being Australian and living in the UK, whenever it comes to like rugby or cricket, how, how where do you where do you stand? Where do you sit?
1: Neither. I'm not a sporty person whatsoever, much to my father's disgust. They just pass me by. Like, I, I I don't know. I yeah. Mm, I I mean I met these amazing in my previous I like, met all these amazing cricketers and all this kind of stuff and it's just it's like water <laughs> for ducks back I'm like hi I'm Kieran like no idea who these guys are kind of thing but yeah it was yeah so wrong yeah no you sorry could, sports
0: you could pass go the team street again. go
1: yellows go yellows
0: <laughs> kick that ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is is there any, like, UK sports that you thought was interesting or...
1: Darts. I quite enjoyed watching darts on the telly. Because that's just UK, isn't it? I, yes. I don't remember watching that in Australia. Um, yeah, I think that would be the, mo- the, the the only UK sport I can think of. What else is there? Snooker. That's no. very...
0: It's a quiet game, that, though. Yeah, D- darts is fantastic. There's boxing that we have a lot of here. Um, watching people punch each other. Um, yeah. Boxing and darts are fantastic events to go to. Whether you go to an arena or whether you go to like the alley pally, um, it's it's just a big drink up. It's a big piss up.
1: Yeah, because you, you have to be really silent, right? With the like S- the proper kind of yeah.
0: Well, well, with darts and stuff, you can be as loud as you want. It's brilliant. Really? Yeah. It just doesn't seem as loud because if you're wanting a certain guy to win, then you tend to keep quiet so he can concentrate. But what the microphones do on TV is they turn it right down and then when Uh, he's taking the shot, they'll bring it straight back up again and then bring it down a bit and then bring it back up. So it seems like there's an increased atmosphere. See that behind the scenes in TV? Behind
1: the scenes. Loves it.
0: All right, so... To finish off now, then where can we find you on social media?
1: Sure, you can look me up on book Facebook at I think Kieran Lansini Music. It's uh, my Facebook handle, and then on Instagram uh, at Kieran Lansini. So yeah, come and say hello. And then on Spotify, you've got all my old singles and Apple. So take a listen. Let me know what you think.
0: Fantastic. And just as a reminder, when is Annie due out?
1: I need you is coming out on the 23rd of October.
0: And you can Can't pre-save wait.
1: it. Pre-save it and pre-order from the 9th this coming Friday.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for coming on. It's been oh. it's been fun.
1: Thanks so much, Tom. I've had a blast. It's one of the most fun interviews I've done. So thank you so much.
0: i I usually ask this after the fact, but I want I want people to kind of like gauge. Is this kind of like what you expected when you came onto the show?
1: No. None whatsoever. I obviously loved it, which is great. <laughs>
0: that, that's that's great to hear. That, that's what I like. Thank you for coming on, and thank you everybody for listening. I'll see you all next time. Take care and ta-ra for now. That was the Country Chats Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit chats on all things country music.